0: Welcome, I'm Similana, and you're listening to the Judaism From Within podcast. This week, we're going to discuss the upcoming festival of Sukkot, the festival of tabernacles, the time where the Jewish people exit their homes and go into a hut, and go into a sukkah. And we're going to discuss it from a slightly different perspective than potentially you're used to. We're going to talk about the structure of the sukkah, and what ideas and what mode of thinking is the Jewish worldview tending us towards with the experience of leaving your home and entering into sort of a new surrounding. Not only a new surrounding in terms of space, but also conceptually, the ideas that are embedded in this hut are profound, meaningful, and also transform how we look at each other as Jews, but also how we look at the rest of the world. So let's dive straight into it. The first of all basically commemorates the Jewish people's travels and journeys in the desert, and it has two dimensions to it. One, the actual physical huts that they would have dwelt in during their travels in the desert, but also the, what was known as the Anane Hakovoid, the clouds of glory that the Bible describes protected the Jewish people. So, you have two aspects here. You have the journey aspect, but you also have the more religious, conceptual idea of the protection God afforded the Jewish people through miraculous intervention. And both these principles are being lived out. But the beauty and the profundity that Rav Hirsch adds to this story by his analysis of, well, the details, is exciting. And I think we'll add a layer to our appreciation when we actually come to the day. So, we have these two aspects. We have the story of the journey of the Jewish people, but also the more principled idea of God's protection, that God watched over the Jewish people. Now, over sukkahs, we live both these ideas out, but with Rav Hirsch's analysis of what the sukkah is actually physically made out of, its physical structure tends towards powerful symbolic ideas. The walls. The walls are just walls, really. Anybody can have them made of whatever they want. They can be made of marble, Depending on your financial situation, they can be made of straw, they can be made of wood, they can be made of steel. The walls give over this idea that we all have different circumstances, and that's okay, because Jewish law appreciates and accepts whatever walls are used. The mechitzas can be diverse. For of Hirsch, this reflects reality. This is a beautiful example of powerful symbolism, because walls... Separate. That's what walls do. Mechitzahs separate one family from another, one society from another. That's what walls do. But not only that, it parallels into another reality, that the sukkah allows you to make them from whatever you want. Whatever your financial means are, whichever your starting point is, that's sort of validated. We all have different starting points. We have different financial means. We have different talents. We have different areas that we excel in. And that's Okay. The walls that make the very structure of the sukkah almost testify to the legitimacy of diversity. Diversity in our means. There is a utopic notion that one day everybody will be the same, or religious ideals should be striving towards making everybody have the same amount. Everything should be plateaued. Everything should be equal. Well, There is a beauty to that. The word equality does strike with us a chord of justice. But there is another concept that's known as equity, originally sort of formulated by Aristotle, something that he called proportional equality over what he referred to as numeric equality. Numeric equality would be what we would refer to commonly today as equality. This would fall under the same protection under the law, the right to happiness, etc., Proportional equality would be more in line with giving each person according to what they need. This would be more in line with what we would call equity. Giving he who has lots, less, and he who has little, more. And that structuring of society to make everybody have the same. The walls of the Sukkah, to an extent, testify against this. That it's okay. This utopic vision of the future isn't a Jewish one, where everything should be plateaued out. Certain people have more, and certain people have less. And there is a responsibility on the people who have more. A duty, we call it Sadaka, which is rooted in the concept of justice, not pure benevolence. No, he who has more has a responsibility. But there isn't this utopic vision that everybody will have the same. Of course, on the ground for the decisions of a government and a society, it's a difficult balance to strike between balancing out inequality, but that's not my point. My point is a utopic vision of forcing this state, or a religious duty, to make everything the same. These walls are standing against. So we get that first message, abstractly put as that particular message, the Jewish people went on a journey, that means they went, and other people didn't go, and once again, that is okay. Not everyone has to be the same, we all have different responsibilities, but also illustrated with the walls themselves, that diversity in social standings in financial situations is okay and is part of society it may come with responsibility but it's part of the world we live in and that's validated but now let's go on to the second side of the story the other component of the sukkah the schach the walls give over this diversity halacha jewish law recognizes that it can be made from marble or straw but there's one thing that is the same for everyone. That is the schach. Your schach are identical. The schach that you have above your head are the same for every Jew. Every sukkah will have the same thing. It has to fit a criteria. It has to be something natural. It has to be detached from the ground, and it can't be manufactured. These ideas that come into the makeup of what the schach is made out of give over this idea of equality. Equality in a very true sense, that when we relate to God, we are all equal. The rabbi, the priest, has no better connection with God than you do. The Jewish story that we relate to God in the same way across the spectrum, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, you all relate to God in the same way. God has a relationship with us. That was given over by the second story of the desert, the Ananiha Kavod the story of protection that God afforded the Jewish people in the desert. So just to recap the two approaches, the first one was the story of the journey of the Jewish people, that particular notion that we have a goal, a a mission, a specific task, paralleled in the actual walls that different people have different positions, different social standings, and that's okay. The second story is that of the schach. It is the same for everybody, like the relationship with God, like The relationship god displayed to the jewish people in the desert but let's take it slightly further so we have this notion of equality but literally equality under god is giving over by the srach but the message goes further because the message isn't only one of equality in an abstract sense it's more specific once again the jewish law parallels the symbolism gives over the symbolic expression in a detailed and more refined way. The more we immerse ourselves in the details of Jewish law, the more symbolism comes out to us. But what are the schach made out of? What criteria do they have to fit into? Well, they have to be from something natural, as I mentioned. They can't be attached to the ground. And they can't be manufactured by human ingenuity. They must not bear the imprint of man's work. They can't be manufactured this for Rav Hirsch really plays out this notion of equality, because when we say we're all under God, we mean that God provides for us. Yes, the world in which we live in is a world entrenched in laws. We understand so much of the world. But at the same time, the step behind that is that we trust in the Almighty, that gives the serenity to the religious person. He recognizes that he has to do his part. He has to do his work. He has to be grateful for what he receives, but... The end result is beyond his control. The fact that it will work, the fact that it will be accomplished, whatever it may be, is beyond his keen. That is what a religious person means by trust in God. But the sukkah negates two misconceptions. As I said, the two places that man throughout history has put their lot in with, or put their trust in with, the Jew over sukkahs says that isn't where ideally I will put my trust I put my trust in something higher. Where are these two areas? Ancient man would look up to Mother Nature. Ancient man would look to the gods and look for his protection there. This is being negated by the schach being detached from nature. It can't be an overhanging tree. It has to be severed from its root, from its nourishing point. It can't be attached to nature. It has to be disconnected, negating that protection that people will afford to Mother Nature. But also... Human ingenuity. Once again, grateful we must be. But at the same time, to put our locked in with human ingenuity and that to replace the idea of God is being negated by the schach. It can't have the imprint of man's ingenuity. It can't be a manufactured item. What is put above us, that unifies us with the schach, has to be natural. Not attached to the ground, but also not manufactured. So, Just to recap our structure, we spoke about the idea of the two messages that sukkahs gives over, one of journey and one of trust, given over by the journey of the Jewish people in the huts, but also by the clouds of glory that the Bible described that gave the Jewish people protection. But then we moved it down to the actual structure of the sukkah and the two components that structure of the sukkah gives over. On the one side, the walls give over this notion of diversity because Jewish law recognizes that we all have different walls. Different walls being a metaphor for different stages in life, different positions in life, and the hope for everything to be equal, everyone to have exactly the same, isn't a Jewish utopic vision. He who has more has responsibility to he who has less. But that doesn't mean everybody should have the same. The same way in life, different people have different journeys and different missions and different responsibilities. This is being illustrated by the walls of the sukkah and a word of equality. The Ananiya Kavod that protected... All the Jewish people in the desert, the clouds of glory that encompassed all of them. We all have the same schach. Recognizing that we all have a relationship with God, no one has a better relationship with God. Everyone is under God in the same way. That notion of equality once again permeating throughout the whole of Succos but we took it down a level. We took it and we broke up the actual components that make up a sucker to show that what we're negating at the same time, we're negating the idea that we put our lot in with nature, that mother nature will protect us and we negate the notion that technology and human ingenuity is the arbiter of redemption. Yes, we must be grateful to those who work hard, who improve our lives and the lives of people around the world with technology, but it should never take the place of the ultimate value or the ultimate end. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and have a wonderful circus.